Welcome to Our Jewish Roots with insightful Bible teaching from Israel by Dr. Jeffrey Seif. This week, we consider our Lord's teaching on marriage, being true to our word, and being gracious as we continue Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. We are so glad you've joined us today. I'm David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I am Jeffrey Seif, and I hope you'll be glad you joined us today, too. We're opening up the Lord's Word, and we're going to hear it, and we're going to see it, where the Lord weighs in on marriage and goodness. We need some help in the world today to learn about that, don't we? I know some folks at our church, when they hear that there's a sermon on marriage, they don't even come. But there's so much more today than just talking about marriage. There's a lot going on today with in this With relationships. Right. I mean, everyone needs to learn more about how to be in good relation with someone else. Yes, and we want to do these things till death do we part. I know that when I first filmed this in the galley in 2009, my wife, Patty, uh, was with me. May she rest in peace. She's gone on to her reward, and the Lord's graced me with... Uh, Barry, I've remarried since some years now, and uh, would that we all learn the secrets to uh, happy marriages. It just, it settles us. It does so much for us, and we really hope that this program in particular is going to do something really good for you. Right now, let's go up to the Galilee as we continue Sar Shalom. And there followed him great multitudes of people old and young, husbands and wives. Perhaps there were some gathered on the mount that day who wondered, would their marriage last? What about divorce? And now the Lord had made it very clear. Marriage is sacred and except for infidelity is binding for a lifetime. A man shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. It's called a get. Some people want to get a quote, get, and pray tell what's a get. It's a Hebrew term for a bill of divorcement. Some people marry for an ideal, they think they got a raw deal, and they go searching for a new deal. Here, the Lord himself weighs in on that, saying, you've heard it was said to the men of old, you, uh, you know, and, and what's said to the men of old, he said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a get 
and tell her to get going. There's some legitimate way to just uh, dissolve this corporation. I've been married uh, approaching 24 years now to my wife, Patty. Kids have grown up and moved on. We've had more than one fight on occasion. Divorce was never an issue. And now that the, the kiddos have kind of sort of moved on and I look at her again, frankly, I'm just glad that we weathered the storms and we're there and imperfect as I am, uh, I believe, and she'd agree as well, that we're in the process of falling in love all over again. How sad it is that many never make it to that moment. And why is that? Well, when they hit road bumps on the highway of life, they look to get out of Dodge. And what they do is they find some way to sanction it legally or religiously so they can cut loose and get on down the road. While people can do that, and while it's acceptable in the culture, you're going to see with me as we read scripture how it's not altogether acceptable to the Lord. And he said, but I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. The word sexual immorality in the Greek is porneia. It's where one gets pornography. Inasmuch as people are rather casual about getting in and out of love, getting in and out of the, the commitments that go along with love. Jesus says, not so quick, guys. If anybody wants to initiate divorce except for issues of sexual immorality, that's not kosher. It's not legitimate. Really, it isn't. Of course, uh, the issue with sexual immorality is the one partner they themselves have broken the union. Uh, they entered into a contract where the two became one flesh, but now they become another one flesh in which case then you haven't initiated the divorce, it's already happened, you just decided to name it and claim it and move on. Egregious as that in, divorce here is legitimized, though it's not the preference still. What do I understand Jesus to be saying here as elsewhere? Better it is to cultivate the bonds of union. Previously he underscored that brothers we have got to learn to get along because anger can, can be very harmful in rupturing community. Similarly, various issues can come up in marriage and people can kind of wash their hands clean of it, you know. Uh, you talk to one preacher, he doesn't grant it, well find somebody else, like a doctor, go get a second opinion. And you can, and you will, you'll finally get what you're looking for. But what's Jesus looking for? He's looking for us to go the distance from the womb to the tomb. I haven't made it all the way yet, but 24 years into the process, or approaching 24 years, I can tell you that it gets better as it gets longer. Learn to love and forgive, and let's keep our marriages sacred. And the Lord spoke unto them, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, 
for it's God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. The term fellowship harks to a bunch of fellows in the same ship actually rowing together. And it's important that each one does their part, is it not? I think in different ways and on different days, Jesus was really uh, serious about weighing in on the need for people to perform their obligations. We saw in the previous segment how uh, marriage is a commitment, it's an oath, and it's binding in perpetuity. That's the preferred scenario, of course, for a variety of obvious reasons. Similarly, individuals have to be counted upon to be able to perform their commitments in a variety of other human endeavors as well. I'm sure that Yeshua, I'm sure Jesus had a stern look in his face in underscoring the need to be uh, forthright, honest, earnest, diligent to perform commitments and not have to embellish it all with a lot of swearing. Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse uh, 33, you've heard it was said, you shall not swear falsely. And he goes on to say, but I tell you, hey guys, uh, don't even swear at all. And he makes a point and finishes it saying, listen, let your yes be yes and your no be no. This, friends, is extremely important. The Hebrew word for truth, emet, comes from uh, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. The uh, middle one is Mem, and the last letter is Tav. And together it's the word Emet, which means truth in Hebrew, which speaks of, in effect, the sum of all things. Um, when we speak, we should speak the truth. And the sum of all things is that there should be congruity between what we say and the way that we perform. I've told my boys, if, if you have a, uh, a commitment to meet a girl for a date and you're supposed to be there at six o'clock, be there at six o'clock. If there's a young lady or another, another guy that's supposed to meet you at four o'clock and they say they're gonna be there at four if they don't show, and this becomes habitual, you need to construe that as a personality fluke. And why is that? It's because it's not beyond the pale of reason to expect that people will actually perform what they say. And hear me on this, uh, rather hear Yeshua on this. Uh, then as now, we live in a world where people all too often don't perform what they say. And hence, in order to be taken seriously, I swear to God, I swear this and swear that. If someone's at a place where they need to embellish their word with all of this extra energy, something's wrong. That person in their own mind, they realize there's something of a uh, character deficit. In order to be taken seriously, they've got to pump it up with swearing by this and that and so forth and so on. It ought not to be that way. The Lord went on record telling his disciples and me and you by association then that there has to be congruity between what we say and the way that we perform. Or to put it in modern vocabulary, a man's word should be his bond. So too with a woman. Be that kind of person, friend, that keeps your word 
and by virtue of your so doing, the Lord will be pleased because he said, don't swear either by heaven or by earth. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Friends, let it be so. Our resources this week, we have two ways you or someone you love can learn the New Testament. First, the book Once Through the New Testament, Zola Levitt and Dr. Tom McCall created this concise, readable and clear overview. Or the audio CD, Survey of the New Testament. Here's Zola Levitt's unique point of view from the Gospels to Revelation. Contact us and ask for the book or the CD. For many, a trip to the Holy Land is the dream of a lifetime. The Bible truly comes alive as you see the sites where so many biblical events happened. Come on a Zola tour to see Israel and Petra. See the land of the Bible for yourself. Contact us to reserve your dream of a lifetime. Much of this series takes place in Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee. And Kirsten and I would both say that in the whole world, this is one of the best places that we love to go and we love to take you. I love what you say about well, the Sea of Galilee. Well, we have so many ministry friends that we all work with in that Tiberias area. And they always say, when we get there, they say, welcome to Jesus's neighborhood. And it's just homey. It's cozy. He lived there. He fished there. He, he had friends there. So much to do in that area. We'd love for you to go with us. Yes. Now, let's go back to the neighborhood with Dr. Seif. <laughs> For untold generations, it had all seemed so natural. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But now the Lord was saying quite the opposite. Go the second mile. Regardless of the circumstance, give to him who asks you, and then give him more. Latin expression lex talionis harks to uh, a term for the uh, law of retaliation. You, know, you, can, you can't take that from people. Uh, there's the biblical expression, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, we find it in the Old Testament. We find it in ancient law codes. And here Jesus begins by harking to it. You've heard that it was said to the men of old, an eye for an eye. By golly, you can't let people push you around. You've got to stand your ground. I grant that there's something to be said for that, of course. Similarly, once here in Israel, I learned an expression that I want to commend to you because I think it sums up what the Lord is talking about as he, here as he goes on. I, I heard the expression here, blessed are the flexible, they will not be broken. Isn't it the God's honest truth that we've got to learn to bend a little bit? We can't just forever be standing up for our rights 
and letting the world know that they've done us dirty. I mean, there are enough people that will do you dirty in life that it's going to make you bitter, not better, if you always have that attitude. By golly, I'm going to tell them. It seems to me, seems never mind me, what do I know? It seems to the Lord we do well to be a little flexible, a little gracious. Sometimes we have to bear up under petty insults, uh, you know, turn the other cheek, uh, being willing to, hence, go the extra mile, which, by the way, it's noted here in the passage, if someone beckons you to go one mile, go two. It harks to an old Roman practice where the Roman military used to be able to just have civilian folk carry baggage for them for certain distance. And uh, they might not want to do it, but they're kind of forced into service. Here people are being forced into things, and Jesus is telling them to do a little bit of, a, of a, uh, an attitude check. But never by being forced. There's a Hebrew expression, mitzvah, means commandment, and it, it is uh, applied to being a blessing. Uh, the Lord would have his people to do mitzvah, to do blessings. And hence, if you see someone in need, <laughs> instead of waiting to be beckoned into service, why not, of your own accord, take the initiative to roll up your sleeves and just go help? And if we're beckoned to go where we don't wish to go, and we're unable to you know, remove ourselves from that situation, why not go with something of a good attitude and be a witness to the love of God? This is what the Lord is talking about here. He's talking to individuals like me and you. He's talking to them. They didn't live in a perfect world. There were abusers in that world. There were mean people in that world, manipulators, players in that world. And not everyone can just extricate themselves from all that. Sometimes we've got to learn how to function in a less than perfect environment. Uh, Rav Shaul, Rabbi Paul in his own way said, if we're only going to deal with righteous men, we're going to have to leave this world. His point was there's plenty of imperfect people around. And that's a challenge for us to be perfect. Doesn't mean that our performance never wanes, but we want to be resolute in our decision to be loving and kind, difficulties with others notwithstanding. That's a lesson that Paul taught, that Jesus taught. It's a lesson that I want to commend to you, mindful of their words here from the Sea of Galilee. We are imperfect people. We're not perfect like the Savior was. But he's also giving us some lessons today you've, you've been referencing and earlier you referenced, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Like we just need to be lined up with what we say. Our actions line up with what we say. Yes? And there's so many that are disingenuous in this world that they, uh, uh, they don't represent themselves truly. Uh, people say things they don't mean it. You know, there's... Uh, sometimes I wonder why people at weddings say, till death do we part. I don't know if, if everybody even means all that. It, it's just tragic. When you say that, do you mean Christians or non-Christians? People in are general. We you know, well, people, Christian, right? Christian yeah. people are shackled with, with, with a base nature. So uh, we're not a different species. We just have a different worldview. And we have, hopefully we do, and hopefully we have, we are Christians by virtue of our being born again as such. Believers, yes. And then we still have to be faithful to the biblical testimony. A lot of people that, that say they're Christians are not Christ-like. This Sermon on the Mount stuff is Christ-like stuff. Uh, please forgive me if I'm wrong. 
But isn't some of the Old Testament eye for eye, tooth for tooth? It is kind of like, um, in a loving way, yes, get back at someone. So if someone has wronged you, you almost have the right to not. But there's yeah, a lot well, of that well, in the Old well, Testament. Well, Jesus was a little different with what he was saying here. Yeah, the, there's a maxim, measure for measure, right. or the law of retribution. You know, it's a boomerang. Whatever you throw is going to come back at you. And uh, people operate by that. But that's one of the things that differentiates us from other people. That is, that we're, we're, we're less adversarial. We're given to being peacemakers. And, of course, this section of biblical literature opens up with blessed are, are the peacemakers, those that are inclined to not go to war, disinclined to be adversarial. And in order to have that inclination, uh, one has to have the capacity to bear uh, uh, insults and abuses because surely they come. Jesus told us to turn the other cheek. And I, I wonder sometimes if that makes us look like we're weak as believers. Well, it makes people look weak, period. I know for me, I, don't, I haven't mastered that one yet. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old police, you know, right. and uh, the times, it's hard for me just to, to, to bear with. And, you know, I've had to work on that. You have to listen to that, that still small voice that says, turn the other cheek. Right, and walk away. Yeah, and I'm inclined to see away. it as, as dealing with petty insults rather than let the world uh, run over you like a freight train. Um, and that's how I differentiate a little. You know, I, I, I don't, contrary to some, on the basis of turn the other cheek, be sheepish and docile, that, in, 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 that understanding prompts some to be, uh, to prohibit going to war, uh, to be an, a soldier, to being a police officer. You know, I have biblical faith and virtue, but I, I have a police career, and some would think, well, no, you can't do both. And I don't live with that. I understand the Lord to say we're to uh, bear with petty insults, not just to let the world pillage and plunder. And I think a word you brought up in today's teaching was graciousness. Give grace. So do you want to do that? You know, you know, should I even do that right now? There, there's that tendency, but it's giving grace to that person. It's not necessarily weakness. The strength is in the holding back. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. You know, I'm out there in the streets and police, you know, it's, my first order of business is to be gracious and kindly disposed. If someone's going to take it to another level, then a cop's got to do what a cop's got to do. But, but our inclination should be to be gracious and kindly disposed, to be sure. Good point. And I think when we take that action, that's when we're blessed Indeed. through Yeshua. We'll be right back. Our resources this week. We have two ways you or someone you love can learn the New Testament. First, the book, Once Through the New Testament. Zola Levitt and Dr. Tom McCall created this concise, readable, and clear overview. Or the Audible CD, Survey of the New Testament. Here's Zola Levitt's unique point of view, from the Gospels to Revelation. Contact us and ask for the book or the CD. If you only watch us on television, you're missing additional content available only on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can always visit our website, which is home base for all of our ministry activities and information. There you can sign up for our free monthly newsletter, watch the TV program, or visit the online store. Join us as we tour Israel and Petra. Please contact us for more information. We would love to hear from you.
שלום חברים. One of the words we use in Israel every day is the word toda. It means thank you. So as somebody gives you something or as you request something, you can say the word toda. Thank you. Now if somebody gives you something really special, like a beautiful gift that means a lot to you, you can add the word rabba, which means great. So great thanks. Toda rabba. So next time somebody gives you something or you ask for something and you receive it, you can say toda or toda rabba. When we go to Israel, we love to do a little Hebrew to the local folks. They kind of like when they know we're Americans, but they love to hear kind of what Sarah taught today. Toda rabba. Thank you very much. And wherever we go, we always like to say, right, thank you. Just learn mm-hmm. thank you. And we deal with a lot of Arabic people over in Israel, in our hotels. And shukran is a nice way to say yes. thank you in Arabic. It's Look just, at us, multilingual. It, it's nice <laughs> to be gracious it in is. any language. And that's what the Lord's talking about in all this. And uh, graciousness is in such high demand and such short supply. But it's, it's a good word. And I know I, I did this earlier in the program, but sometimes we want to fight back and you, I love what you said, the blessing comes when we hold back and we give more grace. I mean, that's what the Lord did. Yes. And let me just say, before we get out of this, thank you for your grace toward us for keeping us on the air. We mean that sincerely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not asking right now. I'm just saying thank you for the giving and your care to help us to share. Thank you for your teaching today. There's much more to come. We leave you today with a song from our founder, Zola Levitt. And a word from scripture, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to our Jewish roots help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. 
please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you. This has been a paid program brought to you by Zola Levitt Ministry.